0: Oh this episode of Cinema Swirl was brought to you with the support of our backers over at patreon.com forward slash Cinema Five dollar OTP backers will get access to every single episode of Cinema Swill, a Patreon exclusive bonus show where Kevin and I review bad movies. Our most recent episode was Guy Ritchie's King Arthur and The Legend of the Sword. We've also reviewed a couple of the Star Wars prequels, The Room, Wild Wild West, Super Mario Brothers*, and many more. To get instant access to all 21 episodes or just to find out more head on over to patreon.com forward slash cinemaswirl. Right, let's get swirling.
1: Cinema Swirl! Oh man, this is gonna be such an easy rhyme because it's episode 69! Jesus, Mary and Joseph, we've come in here with a brilliant, brilliant bit of fortune and circumstance in Cinema Swirl. Hey, once again, it's me, your old pal, Cowboy Kevin Mann, saddling up through all of these Hollywood movies, going through the seldom-used water reservoir on the outskirts of Hollywood, California, looking at all the pristine, crystal-clear movies pumping out at a rate
0: of knots with my OTP, Sam Chaplin. Hey, how's it going? We've only got 351 more episodes until episode 420, but we've made it here to episode 69, and I, for one, am bloody excited. Oh uh,
1: Yeah, it is obviously, first and foremost, a very rude number, and I think we should just you know, draw attention to that. However, Cinema Swirl has had something of a dark cloud hanging over it, for the past few episodes and we here at Cinema Swirl, we want nothing more than to put smiles on your ears and <laughs> <laughs> smile, honestly, the smiles on all of your ears keeps me up at night because it's a genuinely grotesque thought. It just yes, yes. ear. But even still, we endeavour to do so. And I was worried that we've been bogged down in the bullshit and the politics, man, and the dark clouds and the, the heavy shit, man. And we're here with something that ain't heavy at
0: all. No, it's kind of fortuitous that we've got here to episode 69 after a bit of a, t- a dark period. You know, it's dark clouds hanging over things. And I always think the solution to that kind of problem is a bit of seaside bawdy humour, all right? 60... No, but for real, we are going for something, I think surely <laughs> i mean i thought this last time for indiana jones yeah right our film choice this wasn't a swell vote we thought 69 perfect opportunity the timing has all worked out really nicely because there's a sequel out at the moment which i'm very excited to see only once i've seen this movie again for this swirl yes we are doing as you will know bill and ted's bogus journey
1: now bogus far from being a word which sounds like meaning bad in irish it just means bad in the 80s or bad on the west coast of Mm. california hollywood where all the skater boys and surfer dudes and babes hang out saying cool things sam bogus journey bill and ted I said last episode, nice fucking job. We haven't even seen the movie, and I'm saying, good job. You've been upgraded from nice fucking job to good job
0: with this selection today. It's weird how different nice job... And good job. (laughs) (laughs) Depending on how you... Can you aggressively say good job? Yeah, good job.
1: No, I I guess guess you can. can. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, you can. (laughs) That that did sound... That went right through me, that. Uh, I think we'd be hard pushed. And look, I know there was some... There was a little bit of dodgy stuff in the first Bill and Ted. But by and large... I thought that was a fun time, lovely, silly romp. And, hey, that was the first film we did of the year 2020. Ah, Right at the start of the year, we did Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And doesn't that seem like a long time ago? A long time ago. You you know
1: how I can tell it's a long time ago? Because I remember listening to that episode when it came out, walking somewhere. Because I had somewhere to go. Do you remember going
0: places? I remember
1: things, stuff... Yeah, you know, that all those all the good things, you know, sometimes all those, those things would
0: overlap, wouldn't they? The stuff and the things, and you'd, you'd yeah, do... they would happen concurrently, yeah. you know. Yeah. I think this is a
1: safe bet. And you know what? The one thing that struck me as odd about Bill and Ted that maybe we did mention in our first go around mm. is that for me, at least, the boy who was watching all the 80s classics when he was in his 20s and teens, Bill and Ted really didn't get as much of a look in for re-watches and all that, because I've not seen Bogus Journey since I
0: was, like, eight, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I see what you're saying. Like, in terms of the canon of fun-time 80s movies... Yeah. I didn't feel... I, know, I think I mentioned this when we were talking about Bill & Ted, that I had never felt that pressure to see it or watch it in the same way that I had for things like Back to the Future. I know they're not... in. Well, they are kind of comparable, because they're 80s time travel movies. How about this though? You've seen Wayne's World, haven't you? Yes, yes I have.
1: Yeah. Now I was a big Wayne's World head as a kid and I was also a big Beavis and Butthead head as a kid. (laughs) (laughs) And as a result of that, there's a part of me that wonders if me and a lot of my ilk 90s boys and girls Mm. who maybe thought that Bill and Ted was a little bit lame because it was for little itty bitty kids and education and they were like yeah, by the time our generation come around we were parodying the likes of bill and ted uh yeah contrast that with indiana jones which seems to be required viewing every weekend you had a hangover in university across these countries mm. but i feel that there's a great appetite for bill and ted and yeah. it
0: has been building and building all these years i feel like it kind of comes in in little resurgences much like keanu reeves's career and we're ah. we're currently kind of at peak Keanu, aren't we? We're, well, maybe not peak Keanu. we said that in January when we did the first one, and it's nearly a year later now. Well, on the graph of Keanu, we're up quite high at the moment, and I think people have, maybe that's led to a resurgence of interest in Bill and Ted. I know they've got the sequel coming out and everything, so...
1: It's important to remember, folks, that a peak can be a plateau at the same time as yeah. well, and that's yeah. not
0: a bad thing. He's a very wide-topped mountain, is Keanu. Oh, you can have a quality plateau. Plateau theme. Feels negative, doesn't it? But you can have a good plateau. You can go up and then plateau, but good, good plateau, and good space as well. Usually on a plateau, I notice as well. Like you know, you've got good plateau and you've got gatto, which is a pud. So you know, just something for everyone at home to enjoy. That. It is a foolish
1: man who builds his plateau out of gatto. So Sam, I was mm. going to ask just because we have the word bogus in the title, bogus, bogus, yeah. What could potentially be bogus for Bill and Ted? What could happen
0: for these two nice boys? Well, look, I see where they're coming from with the title. It's quite clever. So we had Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, and now we've got Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Because journey sounds shit, doesn't it? You know, journey sounds. It, it takes a bit of time <laughs> to get into, but it's a good game. You know, I really liked the final countdown. No, that was Europe. That was Europe, I stand corrected. (laughs) But, you know, they've kind of twisted the original title. Yeah. But have they set themselves up for a fall here by saying it's bogus? I mean, this is, I think, largely not considered quite as much of an important film to watch as the first Bill & Ted, right? This This happens with sequels, but bogus bogus.
1: Far be it from me to judge the filmmakers' sense of self, mm. but it would be very funny if they were like, yeah, trying to earmark that this movie would be disappointing in its content by calling <laughs> it bogus from the outset. <laughs> Bill and Ted's but, shit sequel. <laughs> yeah, Bill and Ted's inevitable sequel. Like. Yeah. So, if it's Bill and Ted it's bogus,
0: I'm just trying to ask you, like, what could be bogus right, for right, them? yeah, like, yeah. What's going to yeah. happen? Are we time travelling again? What's going to happen? I assume there's going to be more time travel because okay. the Wild Stallions the band, Mm. they unite the world through their great rock and roll music. So we've got that future society that George Carlin came back from to make sure that they pass their exams, they do that big presentation at the end, and they've got all the characters from history. So there is this whole future that we haven't really explored of how we get to the point where wild stallions are... Like, gods, basically, to a future society.
1: So what, what bogus things are going to happen to them? I will ask the Honourable Gentleman a third time. What bogus things may happen?
0: I put it to you, sir, that bogus things will happen in this movie to Bill and Ted. Well, what I will say to the Gentleman is that, you know I agree with Nick, and, uh, you know, it's it's fine. But the, bo- <laughs> the bogus things, what might happen, could be... Oh, what could go wrong with... I was gonna say, what could go wrong with time travel? You know, what could be a problem with time travel? Uh maybe they encounter some figures from history who are mean, or they encounter figures mean. from the, from the
1: <laughs> mean! See, my mind immediately is them like on the beaches of Normandy going, oh get down, dude! And you're like, what if they
0: met a mean? <laughs> Well, they could go to the future and there could be some meanies. You know, there could be baddies in the future. We haven't explored future. I think future would be interesting. That seems to be a good way to go with time travel, right? You go back to the past in the first one. That's what
1: we did in in BTTF2.
0: And now we're going back to the future, but for the first time. Forward to the future. Journey bogus.
1: Do you think that them being in a bogus situation as mm-hmm. opposed to an excellent adventure situation, are, are you think it's going to be like maybe a more dramatic movie? or Because there was a bit of heart in the last movie. We did kind of chat about that at, yeah. at, its, at its heart and its place and all that. Are you expecting more trials and tribulations for this? Or is it just going to be hmm. goof
0: out fart jokes? I'll be honest with you. I'm fully expecting pretty much the exact same level. Yeah. I'm not expecting a more... And, and I wouldn't say that's true of the third film that is out now. I would imagine with that one, because they have matured significantly... It's an inevitable discussion about the savage onslaught of time is what you're saying there, Sam. But with this one, I'm feeling, look, we had a great time with those two boys. Let's put them out on another journey this time and we're going to have a similarly great time with these crazy... Kids.
1: yeah honestly if you just had the whole movie be the two of them watching the first movie and high-fiving every time <laughs> they saw themselves I'd probably want to watch it that would be fun you know like like a, that would be a fun a time really reductive <laughs> Beavis and Buttheads <laughs> So it's safe to say that you
0: geeked, you jazzed, you psyched, and you're a- 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 amped up, you wild amped. stallion, for this fine movie sequel. Yeah, I had a great time last time, and I don't really see any reason why I won't have a similarly good time this time. Maybe the whole Diminishing Returns sequels problem might come up. What, do you think there's a reason why we didn't have another Bill and Ted movie for fucking 30 years or whatever after us? Possibly, ah, uh, yeah, that does say something, actually, now I'm thinking about it. But, if the first one was a success, then maybe budget has gone up and we can mm. do some mm. they can do some wilder things here Yeah, do you want to see some
1: special effects
0: yeah especially if we're going to the future which I've just guessed I don't know and George Carlin very much still alive at this point in time so that's great he's going to be sticking around doing some George Carlin stuff are there um, any
1: figures from history that you'd like to see crop up in this movie mean or otherwise
0: Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. My mind is going straight to Winston Churchill, and I have no idea why, but I think and that would see, be... And you see, this is, at home, this, yeah. is it.
1: this is the confused blankness when you ask an English person to name a historical <laughs> figure of note, and they're like, Um... <laughs> um yeah. Uh... Why, but I remember... There wasn't... Um, uh, there was an empire of some sort, I believe. Um, and there was, surely someone ran that. No, no. Uh, I can't get the fog to clear. Oh, uh, King Arthur, Oliver, Oliver Cromwell, <laughs> King, get King Arthur is not in there.
0: real. Yes, he is. Get bloody Ted pulling that sword out of the stone. Whoa, You know that'd be fun. You know what? Excalibur. I know that we in Ireland are hardly one to be pointing
1: fingers, seeing as we'd like to make a fight song about anyone back in the day. Yeah. But Jesus, I mean, making up kings now? Come on! You had like, do you, are you seriously telling me you didn't have enough
0: kings? You had to make one up as well. Seriously. Look. All right. You know. <laughs> all right. You got me. Okay, I'm raising my
1: hands. Bill and Ted, right? Yeah, if you meet King Arthur, why don't we get those seventeen seventy-six started BC? I'm talking about you overthrow Camelot, we have a little Boston tea party up in this. You see what Uh, I'm saying? Yeah?
0: How about that? Uh,
1: How how about we jumpstart it, huh? (laughs)
0: <laughs> you know what I can predict that that won't be happening in this film that's my wild theory okay that's fine are you worried that all that after watching all the dour
1: movies that we have recently that this movie has been put on something of a pedestal to be almost
0: a load bearing swirl no because I put Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom on that pedestal and I'm now just in this kind of weird state of being like nothing matters everything's wrong there you so, go if it does work great if it doesn't I mean... Oh, sorry, Sam.
1: The light has come on indicating that we've had reached the nihilism quota to go into the mailbag!
0: <laughs> Welcome to the mailbag. Glad to have you here in the mailbag. So, our first message here comes in from Chris. Now, interestingly, Kevin, mm-hmm. we've got three separate messages here from three Chrises. And I thought, you know what? Let's chuck in all the Chris's at once, because... Hey, it's Christmas Day! for For our Christmas episode, here's some Chris messages. Chris be with you. First one comes in from Chris, who writes, Episode 69, nice. Regards, Chris. We've had a couple of those, so I just wanted to get that out of the way. That, you know, it is, it's nice. very nice that we've it's done nice. 69 episodes. I'm glad mm. that you all agree. Our next message here comes in from, from Chris. Who and writes, I bet
1: he's like, I'm sick and tired of everyone saying that all Chris's eat crisps. We do sometimes, <laughs> but so do many others.
0: Uh, <laughs> Chris managed to find time in between, no, down in packets of McCoys, to write this message, which is as follows. Yo, guys. I don't know what year he was in. Sorry, okay, okay, just before you say... A bully man would do that grab bag in one, mace. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. Get. Lo- what does Chris write then, Sam? Chris writes, Yo, guys, I don't know what year he was in, but one of the kids at my primary school had Handy Andy as his dad. I don't remember much as it <laughs> had was a woman. Him as his dad. <laughs> had, he had him as his dad. That's not. <laughs> 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 it's an interesting turn of phrase. It's like, it's not. Yeah. His, his dad was Handy Andy. He had Handy Andy as his dad. <laughs> I have Sam Chaplin as my OTP. I, I don't know if you've heard. <laughs> I don't remember much, Chris writes, as it was a while ago, but he did make several appearances at school fates and events, presumably to do some sort of DIY display. Now that's entertainment. Bye for now, Chris. Interestingly, Chris then wrote in to say, shit, Handy Andy was in changing rooms, not Garden Force. Disregard earlier email, Chris. Mm. But Chris, I don't want to disregard that earlier email because I like a tenuous celebrity connection to, uh, you know, someone who was on telly in the 90s, such as and Handy Andy from Changing The Girls.
1: way I viewed this, knowing the BBC like I do in the mid-90s mm. and the late 90s, there's no way they didn't combine those staff Christmas parties as a cost-cutting measure. There's simply no way. No. So they I, have yeah. interacted. So I would say Handy Andy, I don't know if he took for any Christmas bonus content or anything like that, if they've any ground-force changing rooms, change the
0: ground-force room yeah. crossover special edition Ground rooms, changing force, you know, (laughs) we've (laughs) got... special crossover episode. <laughs> special crossover episode
1: where they really, yeah. break a load of fine china in a garden. <laughs> but I, I just,
0: I, I love those little
1: connections. That's a seedling. That's why I'd say that's a seedling. It, it may grow into something. There may be something more off the back of that. We might be able to build on the back of that. So I appreciate that very much. Yeah, thank you, Chris. I must say, if you are going to email, if all of you with the same names could email in at the same time like this, it's really good because I never mistake who
0: I'm talking to then. You, you know just tell exactly me who you are you're talking to. This is Chris
1: uh, edition. I'm saying Chris to
0: everyone. I'm pretty sure that works well. Another message from Chris. Not the same Chris. These are all different Chris's. Who writes. Now, there's actually another another question following on from this. So, the first okay, question okay. from Chris is as follows. So, this is two questions from one Chris that comprises
1: larger amounts of questions from multiple Chris's. Don't be saying, oh, did you see the cinema store where they had a
0: Chris ask a load of questions. Okay, okay. This is one question from a Chris. Yeah. Followed... To shake things up a bit, like a bag of crisps. One of his trademark Christians, you could almost say. If we've got a, a Chris question, and then we've got an Edward question. Oh, okay, okay, just okay, to okay. round things off to make sure no one's accusing us of some sort of Chris bias. Okay,
1: I don't know that Edward sticks out a little bit, like you know. Well, look, at, look at all these Chris's. Oh, there's an Edward as well now, is there? All
0: right, we'll hear him out. Uh, Waiter, there's a there's an Edward in my Chris's. Chris writes. If you could special edition your own past Swirl episodes, what subtle but frustrating Lucas-esque changes would you make that's from Chris. Now, Edward writes, I'm going to lump these in together because they feel similar and I like okay, the, the point okay. of discussion. Are there any of them their films you'd like to go back and do a re-swirl of? Perhaps mm. any you soften on or be more critical of now, whether it be from the passing of time or having a wider palette. That's from Edward. Now, to answer this in a kind of boring technical capacity, I have genuinely considered at times whether it would be okay to go back to early swirls and try and slightly remaster or remix them in accordance with the way that we edit things now. Not re-edit them, but like remix the audio a bit. Or put like a little introduction for the Patreon on the start of it.
1: Oh, geez, that's a genuinely great idea. Maybe I should just... (laughs) That's not a bad idea. Well, because the the thing I have found is... And I learned this, like, probably within... Two days of starting podcasting is that Mm. if there's something you meant to say or wished you had had said, you can't make that happen. You can remove everything in the world that you say. Yeah. But you can't add things. It's it's saying things is like adding salt to a dish. It is a... No, it's the opposite of that. (laughs) But... But, like, I wouldn't know what you would do other than rebalance the audio a little bit and hmm. put a little Patreon thing at the start and probably that, like, unnecessary intro that mentions the Attitude Era podcast could probably go by the wayside now. But, I mean... Uh, but I, I feel like historical... Historical... Preservation. S- ...significance, that's yeah. it. There was someone once who asked me in a Q&A for the Attitude Era podcast, Patreon, and they were like, will you ever release, like, the, the, the extended cuts, like, the unedited bits, like, or oh, the highlights of me yawning or burping or going to the loo or, like shouting across the road at someone for being loud. No. I don't think I ever would do that. No. But I never thought of any kind of quality of life
0: improvements that you yeah. could do. That. So, but that's the slippery slope. That's what Lucas thought when he went at them do-backs. Exactly. Because then, I, following that line of logic that I was thinking there, I was like, oh, that's fine. You know, some podcasts nowadays have those dynamic ad placements. That's not that different. You go back to the earlier episodes and there's something that's been recorded recently. That's okay to just have a little intro. And then I thought, well, the RoboCop episode, we had issues with the audio there. That's true. And then I thought it would be very funny <laughs> to re-record that, but not try get just word for word, like it was scripted, <laughs> have you and me go through and dryly just re-say all the <laughs> oh stuff for the sake of audio God. quality to make sure that every episode is consistent. But, you know, things you know like what, that sir? RoboCop episode, they deserve to remain as a as historical document of a time, right? Well,
1: Sam, as you know, as I've been accused of several times a year since I've begun this and other podcasts, mm. that everything I say is actually scripted out in advance, and I have detailed legible notes yep. saying all the things that I planned to say I was generally trying to rank my brains to think if there's anything I said really regrettably or anything like that I mean the early episodes of Cinema Swirl are rife with examples of me talking out my arse or me saying things I completely didn't understand Oh yeah. but like I don't like I don't think there's like necessarily a part of me that wants to go back and be like actually I'll change the name of that director or that person I got wrong because I wouldn't want anyone to go back and listen to those episodes and think that they were getting something that they're not going to get later on, which is someone who has an in-depth knowledge of all things movies and directors. (laughs) But there is one thing I would change. I had to think about this. Okay, There's one thing I would change. And I think I called David Chase David Cross once in an episode. like Just Uh, a a slip of the tongue. Mm. And this is before I had developed my use of spoonerisms as a defensive mechanism against (laughs) misspeaking. But... (laughs) when I went back home to Ireland after, and it was like a year after I'd done Cinema Swirl and I hadn't been home for like a year or two and I hadn't seen a lot of people there I went back to Galway, my university town and there was someone who I saw there and they weren't a friend, they were a friend of a friend Hmm. kind of of a friend but they had started listening to the podcast and they were a big movie buff and I'd been out on a night out uh, with my friends, I was seeing some people around and saying hello and this guy saw me and he came over and he said, Kevin you're doing that podcast, I'm in join it but I gotta say and every as he was saying this kept getting closer and closer and he says but I gotta say man it's David and he, he as he said cross he burped and I wish I could uh. emulate the noise but he went right into my face with David And it smelled a bit like sick and a little bit like a damp room. And as a result, I wish that I didn't say that. Not because I feel bad for David Chase or David Cross, but I'd rather not have the memory of that particular smell.
0: Right, okay. But, <laughs> it, but is that to the point where you'd want to go back in time and snip that out and change it? It's uh, you know, I'd... I can't edit out that damp breath, Sam. I can't be doing that. You can't edit out that memory, sure. I can't, you no. know? And it's li-
1: like a stain. It's the, like a water stain. It's there, all brown and horrible in my mind. So <laughs> I, I,
0: It would be a futile gesture is what I'm saying. Yeah, I think, you know, as much as I want to do a goofy answer, I don't know if there'd be anywhere we could go back and do Anything differently that would be a kind of Lucas esque change? Maybe if we like come up with a new format, I-, I could like add that back in, like it had always been there the whole time. Like you know, Ooh, when we- you yeah. Know,
1: what would be interesting? You could do Cinema Swirl Two Disc Special Edition, and it's like you have the episode and it plays as normal, but at key points you lower the audio and we come in and talk over ourselves with do self commentary in- on top of self indulgent thing. commentary. <laughs> I honestly don't know because for one person might think it's fascinating to hear that and other people might be like have you seen that podcast where they went back on their old review of Robocop and talked about what they did like you know yeah yeah I I
0: would love it's kind of special blu-ray bonus feature Cinema Swirls Steelbook Edition where like we have a little clips that piece together some of the like deep lore of Cinema Swirl because Ah! the last time when we when I went back and listened to the first Indiana Jones film Raiders of the Lost Ark that was the first mention of Tiffin, I believe, in Cinema Swirl history. And I like the idea of, like, (laughs) really, like, clearly piecing together all these weird, loose threads of things that we've said that end up becoming their own thing and dipping in and out of the swell. But, at the same time, a lot of effort, in it. To answer Edward's question about going back to films that we might have, like, softened on or changed our opinions on, I can't... I don't know, and I can't think of any. But, again, listening back to that old Raiders of the Lost Ark episode, I was like, I was a different... Person with different views, much and I think lower I have voice, changed, you know, much, much lower <laughs> much voice. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was really Do doing we this pitch correct,
0: uh, yeah. nervous boy Sam, like you know, for a... <laughs> go back into those old episodes and raise the pitch of my voice a bit to this kind of squeaky, cartoonish voice that I have now. It's my natural speaking voice. <laughs> I think definitely in those earlier episodes, like a, like a boy whose voice hasn't broken, trying to show off and sound like he's you know, really mature. I was kind of doing this, yeah, no, I think. Uh, and I don't know. Wh- I don't know why I was doing. It. I think it early on in podcasting, you feel nervous and you try and do a little voice. Absolutely,
1: listen to me in my first ever episode of podcasting. I sound atrocious, but now I am me and I sound like this. So there you go. And look, as Sam says, you can't go back again. You like you mm. can't, but you can go there and back again. And I'll leave it at that.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, oh no! I tell you what, I won't be revisiting. Lord of the Rings, all right? I've done my time. I've done those. Never dipping back into those, all right? Well, you know Ever. they say,
1: Sam? Don't do the time if you can't do the crime. <laughs> and we're now about to settle into, oh, what a beautiful crisp glass of water in the desert this is i am so excited sam any final predictions for bill and ted's bogus journey have you seen the poster i have
0: seen the poster you know what because this wasn't set to a vote so you would have probably seen less imagery than typical no from a time travel perspective i'm gonna want to take a little a little a little, little 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 jot back in time To say, if you've got any questions, queries, or comments, you can send them in to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl
1: at gmail.com.
0: I think we covered up that mistake very, very well there, Sam. I have seen the poster, and all I seem to remember is that it has Bill and Ted's faces and the phone box and another figure, but I... I ha- you know, I haven't looked at it in detail enough to try and... Typically, I would like to avoid anything about these films to try and yeah. come in completely blind and completely fresh to it. But through admin alone, I've I've had to look at a few posters and things like that. But for Bill and Ted's bogus journey, there hasn't really been anything that has come up either through my own accidental looking at things or through culture. Like, I think maybe some of the stuff that I had... In my head before the original Bill and Ted might have come from Bogus Journey, but I don't know. I don't really know what's gonna happen, more other than like it'll be more of the same, I guess.
1: Well, I cannot wait for us to sink our teeth into this. I ain't seen it since I was a wee boy, as I've said, so your guess is as good as mine how this will have aged. And let's go do a cinema swirl. And we're back Taurus Breakock. Bill August Ted that, The bogus journey Or the bobo journey Of Bill and Ted Sam initial good reactions To
0: part two Of the Bill and Ted story With the exception of a bit of it Hey yeah. Hey was a bit of fun. That's what I was after last time on Cinema well. That's what I wanted. Just a nice, light hearted, fun, jape. All right, Yeah. Did you get thrills? I got thrills. There were spills. Spills? Oh, yeah. that was my next question. Yeah. yeah. Chills? Uh, mm. I mean, you'd kind of think so with some of the characters who were involved in this. But oh. it, it wasn't especially chilling. But those two guys were pretty chill. Oh, yeah, there we so go Sam, now. Yeah, they're, they're yeah, they're yeah, turned it on
1: its head. I like yeah. that. So, Sam, tell me this. We talked at the start about it being a bogus journey, mm. and you hypothesized that perhaps they would meet some mean people from history. Oh, yeah, yeah, Well, I mean, I was shocked. I knew it was a darker film, but geez, I was taken for a ride. A bogus journey. And, you know, in, in very commas, I had a very good time as mm, well. Mm. But were you shocked at
0: the slightly darker nature of this installment? You know what? I was genuinely taken aback by the swerve of where we go here. Ah. I thought they were going to go down the obvious road, but they took a left along a dirt path. But do I feel all mucky and dusty and not sure where I'm going? No, I feel like I still had a great time and I've arrived at a suitable destination.
1: (laughs) And I'm really happy that you're using the the car analogy here because my next question was going to be, as the person who brought us into the crust of the roads, do you believe that we're now back into the pillowy middle?
0: We're back into a pillowy... Pillowy middle is tricky to, to wrap your mouth a around. very tricky word. Well done for getting that first try. We're back into the pillowy middle. There we go. Fun time, cinemas world Territory. Here we are. This is where I was trying to get us towards.
1: Well, I was very happy to start the movie off with a joke that I've only just gotten in the year 2691. It's 69 in the middle there, isn't it? Oh, so
0: that- yeah. Hey, and it's episode 69, and AD, alright
1: dude, that was another <laughs> little secret one that they hid in there, I seen what you did there, I seen what you did.
0: <laughs> I was worried throughout this, I was like, this. it's episode 69, and we're like, oh, we'll do Bill and Ted, yeah, 69, dude, there's not a single 69 reference in this whole film but there is right at the start right out of the gate right at the start and also
1: i feel we have given bill and ted an extra 69 show by having a 69th episode of a podcast dedicated to it it's there it's in the aether. you can't deny it you're
0: welcome dudes yes we're in the future we're in san Dimas, california 2,691, and there's some some scary music.
1: Yeah, baddies here, who, contrary to the utopia shown in the first movie, Mm. there's a vague and not altogether well-fleshed-out baddie element who just fucking hate Wild
0: Stallions, because I guess there's no accounting for taste. Yeah, he is just introduced as, like, here is a baddie, he looks like a baddie, we've got some baddie music, he does some angry, like, mock... Air guitar? He doesn't like that. No, I don't like the air guitar. Oh, he hates it. And I
1: will say, as a movie that introduced this character every time with the fucking Darth Vader mysterious shot of the feet and long walk and slowly, dun, it's him. You find out nothing really about him. You find out that he was a former gym teacher and Rufus's teacher at some point. Yeah. Like, that's kind of (laughs) it.
0: I think part of the fun is, like, he is just a generic baddie who is here to, you know, be the antagonist of the film.
1: I can't believe in the future people don't like popular
0: music. I really did, honestly, I thought we'd gone beyond this. What a grim future that would be if people didn't like the pop music of the day. And you at home,
1: just listen to Lady Gaga and Abba and Queen, would you just get over it? Come on now!
0: Gods, we'll never get our peaceful utopia. Now, Kevin, our last Bill and Ted adventure was in the 80s. It was towards the tail end of the 80s, but it was in the 80s. Now we're in 1991.
1: 89, dude! Dude.
0: (laughs) Now we're in 91, dude. And you know how I can tell? Because the title font, the kind of look as the titles come onto the screen, is so Bart Simpson's Guide to Life. That kind of, the colours and the look of it is that proper 1991 aesthetic that nowadays the kids are craving. But
1: in in the kind of heady nostalgia mining early days of the 2000s and the 10s mm. i believe it wasn't cool with the kids and ergo no. why maybe bill and ted missed a little bit
0: of its full cool status recognition yeah we weren't getting out our nostalgic snap bracelets then i didn't even thought about
1: rugrats
0: <laughs> Well, a little bit, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Every time you go near a piano, you think of the regrets, because you can do the... (laughs) But, hey, we're in the future, and there's a Bill and Ted University, and people wearing their... (laughs) futuristic day glow future
1: clothes of them future clothes <laughs> those future clothes were basically as if say like a really ill-informed documentary in the mid-90s are like they call it rave culture here is a reconstruction of the purported
0: items of clothing won by these so-called cyber punks <laughs> a bunch of people dressed as fucking highlighter pens but that's a very funny glimpse of an imagined future
1: yeah it's like if you could imagine if there was a special world order that was ruled by by the Crayola Corporation, but it was not like it was all right. Like it was a bit of a dystopian. The fact that they control everything, but it was all right. Like yeah. nice, cut, co- nice colours. They are nice
0: colours. You know. They, you know. Yeah, you can't argue the with that. Here. And George Carlin is here as Rufus. He's a lecturer at the Bill and Ted University. And he's in the phone box. He's brought back Thomas Edison, Johann Sebastian Bach, James Martin from Faith No More. <laughs> founder of the Faith No More Spiritual and Theological Centre.
1: That was a very, very excellent little joke, guess. I like that a lot.
0: Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? And oh, and you mentioned like, oh, ne- and we'll also have Ria Pashel from the 23rd century. She that, invented a thing. That's the... They've got future as well, you know,
1: right? Oh, man, imagine that. In the, if you went to the future and had to learn history and you're thinking, I'm going
0: to ace this because I'm from the past and then there's all this other shit as well? Oh, my God. Whoa, dude. And, oh, tightly written gags, tightly written gags. This Friday, Ben Franklin and Aretha Franklin will be here. Wait, come on, that's Great. fine. Brilliant, good stuff, like that kind
1: of thing. <laughs> it's the broadest and most satisfyingly, like, head nod comedy, and I fucking yeah. love it. I'm here yeah. for it.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's the future, and there's still terrorism, apparently, <laughs> What the heck? I thought we would have hit this nail on the head by now. Headed up by the baddie from earlier, who's called Denominalus. Denominalus? Denomination. He's a very bad man. He's not that important, really. He's not.
0: And he's not even really a means to an end. He's just, just, there he is now, his big shoes. He's got the actual interesting baddies tagging along with him.
1: Evil Bill and Ted
0: robots, cyborg androidians. And they reveal their robotality by opening their mouths to reveal gadgets and gizmos, and that's cool.
1: We were like seven minutes in, and I had mm. to write down, this is upsetting me now. Please stop. That was, it was horrible. It was a was bit like, gross, yeah. Oh, it's like, could you imagine going to the cinema and being like, yay, it's Bill and Ted. Blah. and the f- <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a literal nightmare fuel you take the expectation of bnt and you
0: give me that no way man come on and the baddies are doing their very general we don't like bill and ted we want things to be different death to bill and ted i've got these bad robots to fuck everything up i'm nicking this foam box to get out of here They're
1: basically arching plan is to undo the future's past or as i like to call it Anti-now. They are anti-now. They are anti-now, anti-now. terrorists.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and they send robot Bill and Ted back in time in the phone box, but Rufus, George Carlin, manages to use a future guitar as a kind of grappling hook to hook himself onto the top of the phone box as it goes back in time, which is that's that's pretty cool. It's a pretty it's cool move. It's the guitar. Now, you're a, you're a multi-instrumentarian.
1: Okay. Yep. And he was doing that actually mocking a cello while he did that, which is what was most interesting. You can get that saying out of it, but it's a bit hard. Yeah. Would you say that the guitar is the most versatile or even the most practical of the instruments that could do things like you know, general action, like grappling hook or a, a, you know, a weapon or something like If you're going to go into a survival situation with bar
0: grills what, what oh, instrument are you taking? <laughs> well, okay, so here's the thing with the guitar. The standard guitars that you might get are maybe not that versatile, but the interesting thing about guitar is that you can have a guitar of any shape, really. There's so many ah, wild shapes that you know, you've I got see. a flying
1: V. I saw one that was in the shape of the
0: supercontinent Pangea once, <laughs> and that was my favourite guitar shape ever. Andrew WKD has played a pizza-shaped guitar before that looks like a slice of pizza. Oh,
1: I thought it was going to be like a whole pizza, and the, the challenge is, because he's played so many gigs and done so many parties, the challenge is like, alright, i got to do this before all my friends eat all the slices. <laughs>
0: So I think as a kind of get-out-of-jail-free card, if you were in a survival situation, you could say, oh, I can only have one instrument. I'll have a guitar shaped like a life raft. Uh-huh. And then you'd get your thing and you'd be all right. I think in that way, it is versatile. And the one that George Carlin does lob is this kind of future one, but it's angular enough that it would kind of attach. It would gain some purchase.
1: I would imagine in the life raft shaped guitar mm. that the notches on the side to tighten the strings, that would be where you'd put your
0: paddles, right? Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, the machine heads would be where you'd you'd pop, pop those. It was on my mind, Sam. I thought I'd ask, you It's know, a versatile instrument for any kind of escape purpose.
1: We cut back to the past-present, where the Wild Stallions are playing in their band with the two musically adept princesses that they fell in love with in the last movie. Hmm. But, truth be told, they stink!
0: You stink! <laughs> you stink! They do stink, and they're trying to get into this Battle of the Bands thing. When Bill tries to justify why him and Ted in particular stink at their instruments, but the princesses are great. His argument is that girls mature <laughs> faster than guys, <laughs> so it makes sense that they would stink. And also, like, Ted can't help but like give the game away when they're talking to the organiser of this Battle of the Bands. They're like, oh, the girls are from medieval England. I'm like, mate, that's the... that's you can't Shut say... A like, time paradox! Medieval England, Iowa! And that seems nice. to smooth things over. Nice stuff.
1: We have a birthday party for one of the princesses and we see some developments in the previous movie's characters such as Ted's dad who's still a dick but he also has a cravat now because Missy is now going out with him leaving Bill's dad very sad and forlorn and Bill, I didn't think it was possible somehow more confused as to his feelings (laughs) so this was very much if the last movie gave a whole generation of people a weird kink this one certainly stirred the pot again like to make sure all the bits at the bottom were brought up to the top and
0: incorporated and all the flavors get to know each other. I love that Bill's dad, who is now divorced from Missy, looks sad, and is just standing there eating Twinkies, which is like... (laughs) That's great. We get some nice, like, loose threads from the first film coming in here. So we've got, okay, Ted's dad's still a dick. There is still the imposing threat of military school. At any time! Colonel Oates, he's like, both of you and the princesses could go to military school. We similarly have, like, big endgame prize here. It's not that they're going to pass their exams. It's that they're going to win a record deal and loads of money in a battle of the band. So it's like, we're kind of in the same zone that we were for the first movie, but... Something different happens here, which is very cute. Our two boys, Bill and Ted, they propose to their relevant princesses at the same time.
1: This is very, very sweet because mm. they're real stupid the original himbos Bill and Ted here put uh. it uh, all on the line it's uh, <laughs> they have poems of love which start off somewhat different but they followed the very similar format where they just list things that are bad and then list things that are good yeah. and then at the end they're pretty much saying the same bit it was very sweet I loved it I
0: think it's meant to be that classic thing of like copying homework but making sure you change some of the words, <laughs> the, you, the, of words. the exact same rhythm of things they so just some of the adjectives quickly no like one put my vows through turn <laughs> and as their proposals are accepted they both turn to each other and go yeah blah, 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 and do a little bit of air guitar stuff they're still the same cute dorks we left last time
1: in a storm of lightning and I thought I was just writing this for shorthand or ease for myself but the characters do start getting referred to simply as evil villains tense. which I really like, like and they even call each other evil yeah. villains or refer to themselves <laughs> It's, oh, I'm Evil Bill, Esquire, this is Evil Ted. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Evil Robot Bill and Ted have arrived. They try and land on a cat as well, by the yeah. way. Oh, I so had to <laughs> rewind that to make sure I didn't imagine it. That.
0: <laughs> that's used as a device. I think that's... It, it comes up later. In order for us to, like, as an audience, differentiate between the two similarly dressed Bills and Ted's, it's like, oh, now we know we're with the evil ones because they're trying to kill animals all the fucking time.
1: There is no scene where Evil Bill and Evil Ted are on screen and you're in any doubt as to who is the genuine one no and i think they were worried about maybe there being any mistaken stuff for the little kitty winks watching it or whatever but yeah yeah they're very silly evil 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 versions of bill and ted and like there's there's some part in the movie later where they just start smashing things wantonly like that there is a, a constant smashing of things or a desire to smash things yes
0: but I think still Bill and Ted have that exact same lovable charm, even when they're utter evil bastards. <laughs> like, they do yeah. it in a way that is so cute. And it don't... makes
1: you appreciate that the movie harnesses Bill and Ted for good, Well they could easily be the
0: most horrible ding-dongs ever and still be kind of adorable. Exactly. The evil Bill and Ted have pranked the real Bill and Ted by doing fake girlfriend voices to say that their girlfriends are leaving the band and that they've gone to the desert to be alone. And... Bill says this is this is most non non heinous. Which I can't even wrap my head around the double negative there. I think it, it is heinous.
1: They are very sweet, like before they find this out, you know, they've got big plans with marriage, such mm. as them saying,
0: when we're married, do you think they'll stay
1: over? <laughs> yes, our girlfriends are currently <laughs> oh. most heinous. <Just>. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's, it's sad to see them get dumper rude I like legitimately it choked on my heartstrings so much to see them sad and eating junk food and watching Star Trek miserable it, it was like ah, oh, I didn't expect to feel the feels for Bill and Ted I realise I care about them an awful lot yeah. I guarantee you I'll be bawling at like a fucking baby in that new Bill and Ted movie probably because they'll do a bit where it's like we're old like <laughs> dude we are most old <laughs> <laughs> it's like me in fucking Avengers Like why are you crying Kevin Because Ant-Man is here <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs>
0: um, Now when robot evil Bill and Ted Show up at the place where real Bill and Ted are Real Bill and Ted are very chill about it And I briefly was like Why are they not freaked out by this And I'm like oh because they've already had A time travel escapade where they meet their future selves So that they don't think this is weird That like, Yeah they
1: buy it a hook line and sinker and, Oh uh, dude
0: it's us from the future again Whoa crazy
1: and they just assume that anytime something from the future comes, it's going to work out in their favour, which, you know, yeah. given their history with it, you couldn't really blame them. They go on a most unprecedented expedition where they're taken out to the desert. And it's... <laughs> everyone is like super excited all the time like mm. Bill and Ted are really excited and evil Bill and Ted can't hide their excitement to like kill
0: them <laughs> no no you, they, they give the game away while they're in the van driving they're like dude why are they, why are the us from the future being dicks because like, they're so excited about killing them real Bill punches robot Bill in the head as they get out of this van and they reveal that they're evil and stuff he punches him So, oh you're metal dude because it hurts his hand they like yeah metal and then they do some air guitars stuff they they even kind of enjoy their own company sometimes when they bond over the fact that they all like the rock music (laughs) (laughs) and uh, so there is a bit here when the evil bill and ted their plan is to th- to throw real Bill and Ted off a cliff. Again, kind of a funny way to, to kill our main characters here, just lob them off a cliff.
1: I'm pretty sure the reason they thought of that is because they've probably seen like cartoons. Yeah, yeah, where exactly. that's,
0: like, you know, And there were no anvils adjacent. Real Bill and Ted, their plan to maybe try and get out of this is to say, you know, e- evil Bill and Ted, even though you're doing this, you know, we, we love you. And the bad Bill and Ted say the, the homophobic thing that we heard last time
1: Oh, that shows up like there was I think I counted two or three yeah, no, it uses It does show up.
0: Yeah, this is one of them. So they say that really loud as they throw them off, which was a shame I thought that might be left in the first film and be like a regrettable thing that we never come back to. But
1: So it it was in the first film as well because I was wondering yeah, if yeah. it was some sort of
0: like it's 1991, this is the new norm, brother, like and one of the kind of stumbling blocks that we both had with the first film was that the there was a scene where they hugged each other and showed affection and oh, immediately yeah, like, were like, and said a bad thing. <laughs> and in this one, when, you know, a good Bill and Ted say that they love bad Bill and Ted, bad Bill and Ted go they say the bad thing and love them off and you know it's a shame I think everyone involved has said since then that they regret that and they wouldn't put that in a film now or say it, that and it shows you know. though
1: like this movie is this movie like PG or 12 it feels like with the exception yeah. of this word being used here it's mm. so like kiddie friendly for yeah. the most part like it really yeah. is a family movie and I guess it just shows you like how flippant the uh, the 90s was the worst for it I guess and yeah, for yeah. it to be in Bill and Ted it's, it is crazy Quite strange. It really, st- even with you know, kind of ah, oh, it's the eighties, and the nineties, whatever. Even with that, just because of the type of movie it is, it's kind of like seeing it in a Disney movie. It's really strange.
0: Yeah, because it's so gentle and has yeah. that that lovely kind of adorable slacker energy to it. To have stuff like that in there, it's like oh, it it, it does throw you off now looking back at it. So they get Kilch, and yes, I've written down here Dershy Spit. What's that about? Yes, yeah, so. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> they get doshy spit <laughs> and <laughs> they it? die and then bad Bill and Ted, there's a really gross close-up of them both spitting on the corpses of their human doppelgangers, and you really get to see actual spit. I thought they might have, like, motor oil coming out of their mouths or something, but it's just straight-up spit. They don't do any kind of robot stuff with that. They just have actual saliva. So we're, like,
1: 20 minutes in and Bill and Ted
0: are, like, very much dead. Their corpses
1: have been spit on. I didn't see it going that way. Yeah, I maybe retract some of my, like, it's so kiddie-friendly, but it's You know, it is shocking. I was still shocked, even though I knew this happened. I was wondering what your reaction was. Did you expect Bill and Ted to become still
0: and dead so early in this movie? I was going to say I expected Bill and Ted, but not Bill and Debt. No, I didn't expect that. I was still banking on, well, they're going to go to the future. That's going to be the thing. And they're going to get lost in the future and have a future time. I didn't realise this was going to be a journey through the fucking afterlife. But hey... (laughs) Hey, I'm enjoying that left turn. Let's get weird. They are dead. They're ghosts now I really like the kind of subtle fairly low-budget ghost effect.
1: Oh, they're great. Yeah, they color them
0: like grey
1: They're kind of great scale
0: well. and look a bit creepy and their voices do that kind of cool forwards and backwards thing where they kind of echoes in reverse
1: It's the type of ghostness that makes you sad as opposed to like Casper
0: mm. where you're like ah, Look at that. There's a smelly one ah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah (laughs) Do you know what you mean? They see the Grim Reaper off in the distance who gets closer and closer. Bill has to point out to Ted who this is. And again, Ted, that kind of naive innocence, just like, oh, hey, how's it going, death? I like that whenever he sees anything, no matter how high status, low status, important, unimportant, he's just like, hey, how's it going? He's having a good time. He acts
1: very like a Sim does if you leave them to their own devices. Let's go over and say hello. It's, like, it's Napoleon. Hello! hello. Or, it's, it's it's Death. Sul Sul, you know, they're just there, whatever. So they chat with Death who tells them that they can, of course, guess their chance at life again if they beat him in a game but no one ever beats him. So instead they decide to fuck him up. They Melvin him, which is just giving him a wedgie and running away.
0: Is Melvin just a wedgie? Is it not some kind of <laughs> variation thereof? What, what
1: it struck me was, was that when they called it a Melvin, it made me mm. think of I bet that they're bullies
0: and they've <laughs> done it to someone. Someone possibly named Melvin. Uh, I, I think I've heard that before in, like, you know, American high school things about...
1: Shall we do a quick research to find out a Melvin, what it is? <laughs> what Let's is a Melvin? Out? Aha! Ah, now we know so had a quick look here on the hmm. the wikipedia page for wedgies so okay. there's a lot of information here the melvin is a variant where the victim's underwear is pulled up from the front to cause injury uh. or at least pain to the victim's genitalia as opposed to a regular wedgie which goes up the back which is targeting the taint and
0: buttocks buttocks <laughs> But it looked like that they went for just a regular rear wedgie, I would say. I thought he, he grabbed his crotch afterwards, though. Did so they maybe grab death by the ghoulies? No, they didn't grab from the front, though. Well, the whole point of doing a Melvin
1: is so you don't have to grab the ghoulies. You're, no. you're grabbing the underwear to, do, to grab the ghoulies. Uh, some other ones here, a female variant is sometimes called a Minerva. And Sam, for the <laughs> bonus
0: points, would you like to tell me what you believe the off sighted atomic wedgie entails? Presumably. Are you wedging someone into out of space or something? I don't know. Atomic? No, atomic is not a space thing, is it? <laughs> it's space. <laughs> A particularly powerful wedgie. Oh, is that is that the over-the-head one? Yes. yes! There
1: we go. Or, as we like to call it, the mask wedgie. <laughs> the which mask is, wedgie. The mask wedgie, which means you should not do it ever.
0: So now we're all abreast of wedgie terminology. They've Melvin'd death himself. And meanwhile, evil robot Bill and Ted are being proper creepy jerks to the princesses.
1: They're literally, you come and see them, they're on top of them. And yeah. they
0: explain their assaults by saying, We're metal, Cut out. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, these are our bad guys. The princesses quit the band and look very sad.
1: And they have to watch. They have to watch. They have to watch themselves assault their fiances oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. the band get break up as ghosts. And what the nicest thing about this movie was, and it's the one thing that really helped me through it, was that knowing full well, the movie's very good at this, that Bill and Ted do not understand the enormity of this being hell, like of being the worst nightmare imaginable they're just like oh no a thing it's you're dead and watching your worst fears be actualized by evil versions of you <laughs> whoa, dude. <laughs> so it's, it's nice that they're just taking everything at face value, and they constantly forget that they're dead as well. Like, that
0: has not really read oh, yeah, <laughs> Ghost Bill and Ted, yeah, they're watching this scene unfold, and it's kind of a heavy scene. It's kind of sad, but there's some fun 90s CGI as the princesses walk through Bill and Ted, and they kind of go stretchy and go, and go wobbly and stretched out by the CGI, because they've been walked through.
1: I couldn't help but chuckle at the hilarious navy. where they're like, whoa. We gonna do and they go to the police? Like, boo! I've been murdered. Like,
0: <laughs> I like how they're like, oh, no, this isn't working. We need to do. So-. Also, I've realised my Bill and Ted voice very much veers on like English person on a gap year. <laughs> like, oh no, man! We need to go and like possess my dad. Or it, it,
1: it reminds me of when you were talking, talking about how Jack Skellington was like someone who came back from having been to London and gone back to his hometown <laughs> up north. Like, like it was that voice.
0: <laughs> no, but they have like a frozen rose and they call it froze. Uh, oh my god! Like <laughs> you, you have to try it. I know they don't. They, no, they don't have it up here, and I don't have one of those machines. But oh my god! It, no, it's something <laughs> else. They decide to possess. Ted's police dad. This was excellent. We just jump into his ear, see if that works, and it does work. It works a treat.
1: Oh, it was so good this bit. I mean, I think the closest thing that came to like the Napoleon performance in the last mm. movie was Ted's dad being t- Ted's.
0: He through. does great Ted acting. It's so yeah. good.
1: It's hilarious, and the little subtle things as well, like when he tries to do the guitar thing and it plays like a kind of Simon and
0: Garfunkel, like. <laughs> <laughs> Because he's old, and so it does, like, acoustic music. (laughs) The other lad, the deputy, I guess, who is possessed by Bill, not quite as good as being a fake Bill, but, like, Dad Ted being Ted, absolutely sterling bit of acting there. Perfecto. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. There was a part of me that was really hoping that this bit where they possessed the dad and the cop was going to last for a little bit. It doesn't last that long. Alas, not, but it was very, very funny. Catch
0: you later, cop dudes. <laughs> and then they can't help themselves. They're like, whoa, look, donuts!" <laughs> <laughs> so now they're off and they see that there's people running a seance. One of them is Missy. Missy, yeah. Yeah. And so Ghost Bill and Ted, who are ghosts, actually turn up and do spirit stuff during a seance. The problem is... Because the séance is happening, they actually their spirits get cast down into hell, and it is a very very niche genre of pornography where you know it's kind
1: of a mixed message stepmom and you die and she sends you to hell
0: yeah and, yeah and then the devil eats you and you're all small like. <laughs> The stepmom stuff, you can get pretty easily. That other stuff, you, you're going to have to start... <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to start financing. You're going to have to start copping up, <laughs> yeah. Um, they do one of my favourite jokes as they're falling down into hell, which, again, I'm pretty sure is from cartoons. Like, they fall for so long, they're like, ah! and they're still falling. Uh, and they just take a breath to like scream again And they, they get bored and they're playing 20 questions As they fall That's you know, funny goof, falling for so long that you get bored
1: <laughs> They arrive in hell Which is like pretty much the exact Doom version of hell As actualized mm, in the yeah. video game Doom Dark corridors The long corridors, the type of low ceilings Where you have to bob to walk around Very, very metal versions Of satanic demon Known
0: only as Billzebub. <laughs> And I do like that Bill says, when he's looking around at Hell, like, oh, we got totally lied to by our album covers, man. I love this version of Hell. It's Mm. great, where it's kind of like a dull,
1: industrial, complex type of prison. I swear to God, I've seen like ten things in the last few years that have used... This exact that version industrial of hell.
0: hell. Yeah, yeah, like I know the, cool.
1: the, the preacher series that was out last year, the year before, the version of hell was pretty much exactly this with higher ceilings.
0: Yeah, I mean Satan just like pushes them down or like releases a trapdoor so they go down into these little. They're almost like ventilation shaft type tunnels here that they're running around in, just going into different areas of hell. Each one contains a version of your own personal hell therein, including Ooh, it's military
1: the school. Country man, and I know you don't want to have your porridge But you're gonna have to put up with oats for a little bit longer and he's all up in their face Give me infinity is a uh, <gasps> oh. I hate when I'm asked to give infinity
0: I can barely give infinity minus one let alone infinity again that kind of childish cartoonish tight writing would <laughs> get down and give me infinity <laughs> This,
1: is, I think, was like an early review of Cinema Swirl, actually. <laughs> you are silky boys, and silk comes from a Chinese worm's butt. Mm-hmm. Five stars would listen
0: again. <laughs> <laughs> They do manage to get away And they actually say to each other Dude, I think we're in our own personal hell Let's split up That way it won't get us as bad Is there It'll thinking be more there. bespoke, it can not be that yeah. bad I mean,
1: I think if you and I went in together And were like, right, like, let's combine our hells I think the middle ground would actually be alright For both of us I think. Yeah, you reckon yeah. so <laughs> I reckon so, I mean, we've all got terrible fears But like, I imagine it would be some variant of someone going Ah, a
0: man And... <laughs> But the figure doing that is a spider. There's a spider going, ah, a man. To and then me, you piss all yeah. over the mail, but it's letters that are very important to you. Ah! <laughs> Their own personal hells are these. Very creepy, stylized. Like they, they both turn into little kids again. And Bill's at his grandma's birthday, Granny S. Preston Esquire. No he's
1: way. A scary blue room. And Ted, he's a boy in a scary big ham room that's made out of ham. And I think that was one of the scariest things in
0: the movie. Yes, with the Easter bunny in the ham room. Very David
1: Lynch that bit. <laughs> <laughs> that Easter bunny. I was just saying Blade Runners. It's like mm. one of my friends is horrible little thing yeah. walking around like oh, you betrayed your brother ah.
0: do you know who played the scary granny who wants a kiss was it was it Bill himself yeah it was Bill himself it was Alex I Winter? I knew it dressed up in granny makeup
1: just as a matter of interest I'm not saying there's acceptable times to call anyone a, one of these slurs but mm. am I right in saying that the next slur appears when Ted calls the devil that word
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> or
1: I'm somewhat conflicted on that because I mean like <laughs> That's
0: weird. Why should we even have to
1: discuss that? i love fucking hell.
0: Yeah, it is weird. So that's our second usage of that uh, <laughs> that slur there. It's directed at Satan himself. And they both say, you know, hell sucks and they're trying to get out of there. they managed to get out by realising that their only way out is to actually challenge the Grim Reaper to a game. And that gets them out of hell somehow. Pretty smart thinking there. Mm, yeah, Because yeah. uh, they get out of Dodge. Uh,
1: sorry, Sam. Have to pull aside for one second. I did not plan this. But around 12 months ago or so, I changed from taking my notes on pen and paper mm-hmm. and I'd fill up 19 bookshelves with lots of notes about important things like Smackdown on uh, my shelves. And then I changed to doing them all digitally. And I've been on a digital notebook for around 11 and a half to 12 months now. Sure. And in the middle of this episode, this part here I got to page 420 on episode 69 hey! isn't hey! that something
0: <laughs> Bill and Ted you got me Bill and Ted again lovely stuff here the, the game that they choose to challenge the Grim Reaper to is Battleships
1: I have to ask you right now before the sequence what would you do with the Grim Reaper for your game or of skill
0: whatever you could take them on in what do you reckon? Come on mate skate 3 is there, a, is there a multiplayer mode? Uh, yeah, yeah, you can do like a combo challenge. Uh, maybe like, maybe Buckaroo might be, because that's oh, kind of just that's... look at the draw, isn't it? Yeah, but you want to go for something of a look at the
1: draw, you want to go no. for something you're going to
0: win! Because yeah. I was going
1: to say, oh, Rock, Paper, scissors. i think in Kevin, that's ru-
0: literally Russian roulette you're playing there. Right, what's a guaranteed win game for you that you think you could play against anyone and you'd probably win? It's a tough question. It is, I was thinking really harder, that something that
1: really isn't an element of chancing, or at least mm. you could Control it the most because like, I consider myself to be a good Jenga player but I wouldn't want to leave the look of the draw of Jenga mm. the atmosphere the conditions whatever it could be the state of the pieces the nature <laughs> of the pieces
0: state of the pieces and, and <laughs> look, look at that. the state of these pieces I'm, I'm simply not playing Jenga I,
1: I'm not gonna lie right I was watching this movie earlier and I was thinking about this quite a bit like yeah, what yeah. could I possibly do and I'm thinking there's a lot of games I play with my friends like you know board games and such where mm. I maybe win sometimes like maybe settlers like a time, but by God like a win-loss record of, like, three wins for every two losses. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, in my immediate circle of friends in Manchester, I tend to win at Mario Kart more often Uh, than than most others. So I would consider myself, that's something that I'm very good at. But then, I had a little nap earlier today, and during the nap, I had a nightmare where death... The Grim Reaper pulled down its hood, and it was you. And then I,
0: I lost because <laughs> I am good at Mario Kart. I am like you are so much better than me, irritatingly good at Mario Kart to the point where people don't like playing Mario Kart with me after a while. I'm just yeah, like, simply he, too good. Yeah, he's found the path of least
1: resistance to being the alternate player. So I thought uh, maybe Twister because in Twister I have a physical advantage because I'm six foot five. You've got the long limbs. I've got the long limbs. Hmm. i limber enough you know and yeah. I, I reckon that I could do that and also I reckon I could have bad breath and
0: <laughs> that to my to my advantage just go ah. breathe go, on the Grim ah. Reaper Twister is one of the games that they go for so they play battleships they win and the devil's just like uh, you must play me again best 2 out of 3 and they're like no way And the, I the, love this whole game. Grim Reaper saying yes way after a slow zoom is very funny I'm not sure what the Grim Reaper's accent is it's supposed to be, it's just like vaguely
1: Germanic. Yeah. I think I love the part where it cuts them playing Clue and he's there looking yeah. at the rules of Clue, and then you know <laughs> it's honestly some of the best Clue content ever. Or
0: Clue Do 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 Do, it's, it, it it's is Clue Do uh, Do Do. Do, do, do. The, <laughs> the image of death playing Twister against two young men. <laughs> he plays against Bill, as far as I know. Yeah. and he, he
1: even uses the smelly feet to his advantage as well. Yes,
0: and that's finally the point where he concedes defeat and agrees to take them back to the land of the living and be on their team and do I their bidding.
1: Absolutely love this scene. It made me laugh so much. he made me nostalgic for all types of games. Mm-hmm. Had genuine fun. Think about what I'm might do, and it yeah. also made me feel genuinely better about dying, because I thought, you know, that's the best advertisement for dying Hollywood's given us in a long old time. It felt fair, it felt just, you know, you yeah. can we can get a chance back for your soul if you beat someone who's critically bad at games.
0: <sighs> so, now I'm thinking, was death just bullshitting when he was like, no one has ever... <laughs> no one
1: has ever I, I was yeah my thought it was was that because he's such an imposing figure that no mm. and he just the fact of no one had ever beaten him or so he said and he's such a looming figure and it's the awe of the Grim Reaper that no one ever dared to challenge him before or they hadn't done it right, in so yeah, long yeah, yeah. that he was rubbish at all these new games compared to what Yolden folks would have wanted like a hog
0: toss or whatever <laughs>
1: Beating death at
0: a hogtoss.
1: Actually, I'm changing my answer to hogtoss. Hog hogtoss.
0: Bill and Ted, they're hatching a plan of how they're going to get back at these bad, evil robot Bill and Ted and their plan is to make good robot uzes. And they say uzzes, Like, we're going to make good robot uzzers and then they're going to beat them. And there's a little... Hey, Ted, don't fear the Reaper. As the Reapers, the Grim Reapers, there. And he's like, I, I heard that. Hey, you kids. Oh. How did you like
1: him compared to Rufus, who's obviously, you know, he's only here for a brief hello and goodbye in this yeah. movie. So he's your kind of, you know, he's your main other guy. What do you reckon to death? Because I
0: remember loving him as a kid. He was the thing I remembered the most from this. I absolutely loved him. For this first bit, I wasn't completely sold. But as we get further through the film, he is just this very fragile <laughs> character who is just desperate for like some validation and attention and that's it's similarly sweet to Bill and Ted in a slightly different way and I like the idea of Grim Reaper just trying to like hey remember me I'm here I'm still good yeah it's me I Grim feel Reaper. that's
1: been done in a million shows and oh, cartoons probably. since yeah. there where it's like yeah death just wants a friend but it's done Especially well here. They go to heaven and immediately mug three people, and then immediately pondered the moral quandary of going to heaven and immediately mug <laughs> three people.
0: <laughs> Bill's description of heaven as most atypical. I mean, that's how I want to react to seeing heaven, but well, this is most atypical. And again, Death's accent tripping me up because he's like, that's newt funny. And I'm like, whoa, what was that? <laughs> newt funny. Hey guys, that's newt funny. Oh, I think I figured out what his accent is mm. Star Wars. Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Star Wars accents. Just some sort of generic foreign, but you can get away with it because they're aliens. They're all dressed up in silly
1: outfits. Your death is wearing like a big sun hat and, yes, and, and like, and, like a, little... a dress over his robes. Yeah. They beg God for help in their quest to save the future and God gives them not immediately explained help because it was like, why did you give him a laminate? What's that for? Is there an overhead projector that we're going to...
0: It's a that? clear disc. Here you go. And he says like station or something Uh, they're basically just saying hey god can you find us someone who can make us a good robot to beat the baddies here and again ted's got the kind of catch you later god whoa and he just even god even arguably the most important figure he could meet he's like oh hey how's it going god catch you later god and that speaks a lot to ted's character
1: if you do think about the plot of this movie it's literally like it's been pitched by a seven year old child on their mm. birthday because it's like okay like, and they've seen the first Bill and Ted as well so they're like okay but there's evil Bill and Ted who come and stop the future but then they get killed then they go to hell but then they go to heaven to get some aliens to build more
0: robots to go back to the family <laughs> ow what the storyboard is absolutely drawn in crayon for this film oh when they were, like, yeah pitching it out also very funny visual and spoken gag from Death who as they were walking away. They walk off screen and then Death kind of wanders back in to say to just kind of shrug at God and be like, I'm sorry they Melvin'd me. And then he goes off again. Just the walking off and then kind of coming back. To, I'm I am sorry, but they they did give me a wedgie so I I don't know. And then he goes off. Great stuff.
1: We cut back to Evil Bill and Ted who are just smashing things <laughs> over and over. I liked when they flipped a cake upside down and went, upside down cake dudes! It is um, it's kind wow. of like if... It's so scary to see that I know we've talked about this before, but I like how quickly they went to like full-on nightmare dystopia for the second one. It does really follow the trend we saw with some of the other sequels, like with Back to the Future, where it's mm-hmm. like, hey, you imagine the worst thing that could conceivably happen in this universe. Here it fucking is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but Evil Bill and Ted, they still have that charm of like puppy. So when they're doing things like, you know, smashing shit up or playing basketball with each other heads. It has that thing Well, if, if a puppy is pissed on something, you can't be that angry at the puppy because it is a puppy and these are still yeah. Bill and Ted.
1: You know? And if a puppy removes its own head you don't get angry at the
0: puppy. You let it throw its head around and mix it with another puppy's heads. You just kind of weep in horror. <laughs> What's in front of you? So Bill and Ted meet Station who are the most brilliant scientists the most brilliant scientific minds you could possibly get.
1: On loan from Dark Crystal streaming now on netflix
0: <laughs> and their little weird alien boys playing charades the catholic
1: upbringing in me is questioning the presence of oh, aliens from another galaxy right. and as soon as you see station you zoom out and there's all their little green men and whatnot and i'm like
0: well, hang on a second where was this in the bible i think there was a line where they're just like oh you thought heaven was just for you know humans nope And that's it. And that's fine. And they're like, it's from everyone in the universe can come to heaven. No, because that's for me to get my mind blown.
1: Your mind will just be blown when you find out that heaven isn't just a half pipe. It contains (laughs) many skate
0: parks and facilities of all sorts. All different obstacles you can skate on. There's not just a half pipe. If heaven was just a half pipe, right? If heaven was literally only Purgety a half pipe. is a half pipe, mate. <laughs> exactly. If you were in heaven and it was just a half pipe and you couldn't leave the half pipe and you had to just keep skating, that's like Twilight Zone, wait a minute, I'm actually in the bad place here. You know, that's like a, a twist of the story. I don't want to just be on a half pipe, guys. No, right. It's hell for us, thank you very much. <laughs> So, they meet Station. Station agrees to help them out. Station is a group. It's two little lads, little alien lads. Do a thumbs up to come and help.
1: Oh, they're really creepy in that cute 90s character way that, like, you know, Alf and Harry and the Hendersons Mm. and all them, you know, and Chewbacca, all them weird jokes they had back
0: then. (laughs) And Bill and Ted, they're now back on Earth and they're alive. Their corpses come back. Bill pulls a worm, like, out of his head or something and says dinner's over dude which is really sweet and respectful to the worms like you can't eat me anymore I'm back
1: yeah I think Ted complains of being pecked by like buzzards or he has like marks on him from that (laughs) like no one found them
0: I don't know how long has passed yeah when you think about that it starts to get a little bit grim like how long have their bodies been there
1: particularly because the chief of police was like my son's been
0: murdered dude and then they're like okay this guy's had too many donuts I think and so they're off to work on their plan off they go and they they do that thing again where they're establishing oh we're watching evil bill and ted because good bill and ted have gone off in a van but evil bill and ted are also in a van but they're trying to run over cats so we know we're watching evil Bill and Ted. because yeah both of them have plans but only one of them has vans yes and they're they're both in plan vans but one of the vans is bad van they're in a bad van bad man There's bad man and bad van. And the other
1: one's a vanette, a.k.a. car. And that is where (laughs) Evil Bill and Ted are, again, conspiring to run over cats.
0: Yep, and they reveal to the princesses that they're robots because they kind of pull their... Chests open this time to show them the robotics. Not just satisfied with the horrible mouth thing, they're now just ripping open their chest to reveal the robotics. Someone
1: needs to stop them because if they take their pants off in the final act,
0: I'm not. I'm leaving. I'm not doing this anymore. And that thing you mentioned of like answering the phone as evil Bill S. Preston Esquire here, like just <laughs> saying I'm the evil one.
1: So they they're going to kidnap the princesses, and the best way to do that is to use God's given robotic gifts. Evil breath.
0: <laughs> Just breathe on him and, yeah.
1: I was only going to use smelly breath when fighting for my soul. Yes. I would never resort to my seldom seen or
0: seldom smelt evil breath. Yes, but that's because you have a sense of sportsmanship, Kevin.
1: That's true, and also I've never been to a sleep after having been sick. That's how you make evil breath. There you go, there's a secret oh, formula it's, it's out in the public uh, domain now You know how to,
0: to make it So be sick and then immediately fall asleep And then upon waking The the worst breath
1: If you wait another night you will transform into an actual monster
0: So it's, you know The good Bill and Ted Are at basically a hardware and electronics store Just shopping for bits to make robots Very cute bit of stuff there We have Death walking past a smoker Saying, see you real soon And I'm like hey. that <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah, sure. <laughs> why? Why not? We can Bit see him like
1: enjoying human life as well, like uh, comparing scythes and things like that mm-hmm. to uh, hose and whatnot in the garden centre. We have a moment where, station the two individual parts of his alien combine into a horrifying, basically like if. The thing had eaten nothing but meat all weekend long as part of some sort of like rebellion and then it whatever came out came out this is what it is it was a pulsating brown mass with veins throbbing through it
0: was horrible oh yeah the horrible like so we, we eventually get nope. big, big station otherwise known as Newark Castle not Newark <laughs> northgate um, <laughs> but, excellent but the process of getting there is that horrible amorphous flesh blob we were too long there. <laughs> and so we get big station, station goes Station and does it like a thumbs up and the air guitar. And so we've got now Station is one alien character.
1: And uh, you got Station, which means mm-hmm. you got a montage making And there's some serious <laughs> uncanny valley shit going on with these robots. They mm. are kind of like say if he took you know the crash test dummies the beloved 90s childhood property crash yeah, test yeah. dummies if you took that but you gave it to one of those writers who's like what if we took Batman and made all the baddies sex offenders um, yeah. what, if you made him design them and it's like you know the Mad Hatter's a pedophile Yay. this is what this is what you know You <laughs> would look like the Riddler's a diddler that type of a thing you know mm. I don't think anyone's done that though I don't think anyone would be brave I don't think anyone would be brave, brave.
0: <laughs> It would take someone with real bravery to yeah, do something a real, like a that. Yeah, a real
1: genius as well. You know? a, real, a real fucking Einstein. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, we, <laughs> we get some fun rock music while Station is building these robots in the back of the van. And Ted's reaction to good robot Bill is like, whoa, how's it going, good robot Bill? This is n- not bad. And, you know, they do kind of look like them, but they don't really properly look like them. They're not photorealistic in the way that the bad robots are. They do look like fucking robots.
1: No, I mean, they are as photorealistic as the graphics of the Nintendo would have been at the time, you know? Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're very good, like, early 90s analogues for the digital
0: elite versions of the future. And so, hey, it's our big showdown time. Here we are at, the like, the main event of the film we're here at the place where all the kids have to do their presentation whoops i mean the battle of the bands where all the (laughs) bands have to perform (laughs) evil bill and ted literally have princesses hanging from the rafters and they've said they're going to kill them to the finale they say this to the promoter lady of the battle of the bands and she just says well good luck we later realize why that happened but at the time i was like what the did they're just like, we're going to kill these princesses. You're like, Okay, great, guys. See well, the you way later. everyone
1: reacted to it, I thought they were just like, oh, this is because it's n- early 90s America and family values are in the toilet with the Motley Crew and the Satanists and the Dungeons and Dragons. I thought they were like, yeah! Sacrifice yeah, human blood. Dude. Go on, Ozzy, kill some princesses. Show them how it's done. And We get
0: a bit of Primus playing at this battle of I the bands. Was. A little cameo from Primus playing Good one of God. their Primus songs with the funky Bass, but the metal lead guitars. What? <laughs> ah, what are the, what? What the private songs? Which one? <laughs> <laughs> you know the. <laughs> Yes. Oh, I've heard of wild stallions, but wild fusions of style. That's, you know, that's something else. Well done to those Primus guys.
1: Evil Bill and Ted are genuinely happy when regular Bill and Ted show up with robot good versions of themselves to fight them. They're like thrilled that there's a development of this nature. Because yes. they're like, again, they're like puppies and they can't even
0: help themselves to be excited about their own downfall. Oh, and the actual showdown between these two groups is really good that everyone's kind of having fun. The audience of the Battle of the Bands are enjoying that this is happening. They're kind of whooping and cheering along. It's the greatest what show they've ever goddamn seen. <laughs> and there's a score to this that is like rock music that suits being in a Battle of the Bands scenario. Yeah, yeah. But it kind of... It's not just they're playing a rock song. That It's like scored as rock music because it kind of stops and starts as they're saying things. Anyway, it's a really good face-off here. And the good guys win because the good robots like punch the heads off the bad robots again as i'm saying this i'm like it was written by a child presumably
1: <laughs> their heads come off and that means they're definitely
0: 100 yeah. percent dead and their heads go off into space it just flies off and you and but then bill and ted catch them and they, they come down out of space and then yeah. the
1: dead star the baddie is here mm. the number loose and he jacks the feed worldwide, and he's like, "I will ensure that this music does not become the basis and foundation of the new world. My teachings will become the foundation of the new world." And like, "And those teachings are." Yeah, who are you, mate?
0: What are you? What are your motives here? Who are you?
1: And a, a beautiful moment here where Bill and Ted are like, "We could just do the thing from the first movie and win." And it's like, "We've won." And he's like, "Yeah, I've seen the first movie. I can do it as well." And then they're like, "Yeah, but." if we've won then that means that we've won have
0: you won we made it seem like you'd we, we went back in time to make it seem like you so they go back in time to like put a cage on him and then he it's goes so back Scooby like. he goes back in time to get the key and get a gun so he gets himself out of the cage but the gun just says like Bill and Ted Wild Stallions on it or something like that like we actually set you up to have the key to get the thing dude because they were the only ones who were able to go back in time it, it, it does take a little bit of wrapping your head around this
1: I think you could get a 10 episode Netflix series out of that, get some youngsters to play Bill and Ted, what happened when they had to go back all those times within the span of two minutes in the final act of the final scene which had to do, admittedly, a lot of heavy
0: lifting for the boss No disrespect to Bill and Ted but like that's quite a lot of figuring out how to make time travel work in your favour. That's the charm though where like
1: I think when they finally are kind of like hey let's actually wrap our heads around this time travel stuff and it's like, it's so
0: complicated
1: <laughs> Like, you know, Bill and Ted has as good a job At figuring out as you do
0: So Death, who throughout this Has started doing that thing Like, when they revealed the robots And they're like, oh, great job, Station Oh, Station, you've got a great bum Death was like, I I made the wigs of the robots And Aww. I've actually, and I, and actually uh, reaping takes a lot of calories And I, I've done a lot of great work Working out my bum And I took, a, I took a lot of initiative on that task, Lord Sugar <laughs> I'm not just sinking into the background Lord Sugar I am actually an actor, look at my bum Lord Sugar it's great, <laughs> just stop crediting everyone else's bum, but Death gets to give the bad guy a Melvin and he looks absolutely bloody delighted that he's getting to he's now, he's not Melvin he he's the part Melviner. of the gang now yeah, he gets to bully someone
1: yay, and there's like no sweeter feeling than becoming one of the bullies it's
0: just, it's a heady heady feeling I'm sure <laughs> and there's a line when Ted's dad comes in to arrest the big baddie Denominus.
1: I love the idea of him being like a time-travelling guy from the future who just gets like lock him off like he goes to prison.
0: Death says, book him, Daddo. I'm sure he does. And I don't think I've ever heard Daddo. Daddo or Daddio? Maybe Dadio. Maybe. To me it came out as book him, Daddo, which look, if, if we want to start making Daddo a thing, I quite like I mean, like
1: why don't we both try and, when we both next speak to our dads, we'll both try... <laughs> (laughs) flipping in a dado there and just see see how it goes down you know just a
0: little trial is all not committing to it or anything it's if we haven't had enough left turns crazy twists so many it turns out the lady who was promoting the battle of the bands was actually Rufus in disguise
1: of course keeping a watchful eye the entire Ah. time and there's a moment then where they're like wait a minute we have to get good hey we're still (laughs) shit we're still (laughs) terrible and then they go for a 16-month kind of retreat and come back with babies... Awesome new heavy metal hairdo looks. And of course, Bill's got the old ZZ Top business going on. And mm-hmm. they've got a Big Band now, Station, Princesses, Death is there as well. Everyone's having a super fun time. Just like all the super groups, like Wings and the Highwaymen.
0: Yeah, I love that Death's playing bass. If you're going to put Grim Reaper on any instrument, it would be a big old double bass. Oh, hell yeah. And
1: then this is the moment, Sam, where mm. apparently the creators of the movie... And... Alex Winters slash Keanu Reeves hmm. kind of part way with what happens in the
0: actual oh, movie. Okay. Because, like, their big Battle of the Band's performance, where they've gone away for 16 months but have come back in the present and they play a show and it's great. That, because the baddie broadcast his message onto every telly, this is now broadcast to the entire world on every telly, the Wild Stallions being great, right?
1: And everyone, even Old English itself, loves the Wild Stallions.
0: And, oh, the dad in the England family is the same guy who played Death. Oh,
1: He's how the, about the, that? He's a kind of
0: English father. Oh, that's... Death. An English father, or daddo, as they're colloquially known. An English daddo. And they've all seen it. So where's the divergence in terms of what's happening here? Because we, we do get that kind of spinning newspaper credit sequence where it kind of shows what's happening. But
1: Yeah, I, I started taking note of some of my favourite mm. ones here. So, Stallions toward the Midwest, increases crop yield 30%, mm-hmm. album gets to number one, they play Wembley Stadium, they play the Grand Canyon, they bring peace to the Middle East, confounding the efforts of Dennis Rodman and Stephen Seagal combined for geopolitical influence air guitar somehow eliminates smog nice try early 90s no more nukes death is famous everyone oh missy and demomalous they start dating and then it's like are they going to split and it's like no they're not going to split economy's record they play fucking stock market goes down yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) and it's basically Uh, like
1: on track for utopia now yeah they wanted the movie to end with them doing the big concert and it's broadcast to the world and then boom that's the end Mm. all the stuff in the credits that was done by the studio themselves
0: oh so is that non-canon
1: they consider it non-canon and also Uh. in the new movie all i know about going in is don't if you're going in to see the new movie you haven't seen it yet or you have seen it don't consider the credit sequence with the newspapers none of that happens canon
0: oh okay so, yeah.
1: that, I, I don't know how the movie unfolds, because I've not seen it yet. No, me neither. And, nor have you. But we know that Bill and Ted don't begin their facing the music by having played Mars. Playing their big
0: concert on Mars.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's so not where
0: we pick up. That's ah. not where we
1: pick up. So, that's, that that's interesting. Is interesting. But yeah. further to the point of, hey, how come Bill and Ted, you know, never got back on with another movie sooner than it did? Hmm. And there was, obviously, lots of times to shop a script around. And apparently, studios were like, nah, it's too cold or it's too 90s. Like, the only oh. one agreement that they would have would be not to be a sequel for it to be a reboot or a retelling ah. with younger stars or whatever. So, it is kind of a, a victory of sorts that it, it did get to get made and all that. Mm-hmm. But... Isn't it a little bit weird that a studio would be like, here's a post credit sequence that basically says, no sequels ever. Because <laughs> everything's happened. Ever. Yeah. I think that was well, a very <laughs> odd decision. Because, I mean, they made this two years after the last one. And this is like, that's the end of Bill & Ted now. The 90s aren't going to be about hair metal kids. We're moving but on.
0: But you do have that way out of, hey, we've got time travel and we could kind of undo some of this or fuck some of this up with time travel. But it does that ending does seem pretty final, doesn't it?
1: It's less like, see you next time round and a lot more like, well... Like, Back to the Future 3, I would say, has more of a, ooh, ending than yeah. this does. And that was very much like an end to a, a, a trilogy or whatever. So that did strike me kind of odd. I, I did laugh a lot at those headlines. And I think... Mm they were well written very well written it it, it was lots of goose but i think it was at the expense of perhaps
0: the ability to make another one anytime soon yeah it did kind of just say well d- we had a great time great time off we go there we go bill and ted good good time
1: well sam we'll come to the end of the movie mm-hmm. and the circumstances were that God gave Bill and Ted to you. So what do
0: you think of the bogus journey? Have you had a nice time? I've had a great time. I hey. think I had I get the sense that with this one it was seen as that diminishing returns. It's good, not as good as the first one. I feel just as happy as I did when I watched the first Bill and Ted. I don't know if it was better, but I still had a really good time. I think all you can say about
1: the first one is that it's I think a bit lighter in spirit just because you're not Mm. dealing with the death (laughs) yeah and I think it is it's always going to compare the two I think what's the one that you prefer the one where it's like they fucking die and go through this like much much more abstract kind of adventure than the first one and you don't have maybe some of the cool little bits from the first movie in terms of like oh it's you know Napoleon at Waterloo or Beethoven or whatever it may be but I feel they more than made up for it
0: with the crazy sentence And death is... is, Oh, death has aged well, my friends. Death's a great character. I still enjoyed spending time with Bill and Ted, as I did before. Don't let anyone tell you that death isn't grace. We get, like, maximum Bill and Ted because we've got evil Bill and Ted as well. And, like, reflecting those characters as evil bastards, but still being naive and sweet and silly is great. (laughs) That's a fun thing to do. We've got the robot thing. We've got exploring the fucking afterlife, which is a real curveball that I didn't see coming. Coming, and they do it in kind of an interesting way that hell set piece the whole thing going on there and their own personal hells was kind of like wild dude that was a wild time and I, oh, yeah. I, I enjoyed it yeah you got big Twilight
1: Zone energy from lots of different parts of this movie it was madcap and I think all the talking about it being like childlike and whatnot mm. I don't think that was meant in any way as a dig that's oh like, no, no 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 I crave that childishness mm. that kind of frantic non-exhausting energy that's the movie got this in spades
0: yeah oh it breezed by as well it's it's, it's not a long film but it yeah. like that's a really good fun afternoon movie we you
1: find yourself laughing out loud many occasions
0: yeah yeah a lot of the death lines death as a character just it's very funny some of the dumb shit that Bill and Ted say the way they say it. Those mannerisms are like, the only line that's coming to my head is like, that's most atypical dude. But just that, 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 that whole shtick, I love it.
1: We talked about in the last episode for Bill and Ted about how it was like florid language. Yes. like There was a yeah, nice yeah. kind of lilt to it and all that. You know, a podcast from Bill and Ted would be most welcome indeed. It- Here's <laughs> a question for you. And yeah. um, Before I ask you your Star Wipe rating, mm. you've enjoyed this a lot. You said you enjoyed it almost as much as the first one mm. does that make you like super excited for part three or does that mean that part three has got a difficult legacy to live up to some 29 years no, how many wait 19. yeah, because yeah,
0: 29 I'm... Yeah. years yeah oh, sorry I turned to glass and dust well it, it genuinely makes me excited to see the new one and I'm glad I've kind of caught up with bogus journeys lore and extra bits because I think I wouldn't have wanted to miss that and this does feel as much as anything in the build and ted canon can feel significant this is still kind of important to the story and everything i reckon you could probably go see that new
1: bill and ted and not know anything about the first one and probably oh, be yeah, grand yeah. and other than missing out a few low-hanging sequel gags in this one you could probably not have seen the first movie and have enjoyed this and enjoyed it just I couldn't actually tell you as a kid if I saw this one first or the other one I actually think I may have seen this first yeah and it, do- it doesn't really matter but I, no, I'm glad
0: I've, I've got the whole the whole knowledge of Bill and Ted ready to go into the sequel which is it's in cinemas now isn't it
1: it has been out for a little bit
0: but of course yeah, yeah.
1: movies being released right now is kind of like ships being set out to sea with no destination, it's like, yeah, it's, kind of, it's a confusing where time. Where will they be? What port will they dock in? Perhaps my living room very soon. Movie releases are now a kind of amorphous thing. That, like, yeah, it's more like, like releasing
0: a gas slowly into a large room with that's very well ventilated. Yes. <laughs> Movies don't feel solid at the moment. But with that said, I'm still excited to see Bill and Ted face the music, which Me? has music from Weezer. Oh, I know my that. God, yeah, how about yeah, yeah, that? Yeah. We had. Pro- Primus in this one and now we've got Weezer and I can tell you which one I'm more excited about. It's Weezer. Well,
1: that all being
0: said, Sam, what's your star wipe rating for Bill and Ted's bogus journey? Like, there's the dodgy bit that we addressed last time. It comes up again. And also, the princesses don't really do anything. But for what this is, and for that kind of film drawn in crayon with some really solid gags, great characters, a fun time. I had a great time watching it. This is what I wanted last time on CinemaSport. I don't mean to keep dunking so hard on Temple of Doom. It's like, what the fuck? so good? But... (laughs) This is like that nice, breezy, low stakes fun. I loved it, I thought it was great. That is a four star white Bobby Dazzler. You heard it here first. Thanks for listening to another episode of Cinema Swirl. This episode was produced by Kevin, edited by me, Sam, and hey, I also did the music. If you're after more Swirl content or you want to support the show, or better yet, both, patreon.com forward slash cinemaswirl is the place to go. On the socials, we are at cinemaswirl on Twitter, and our Facebook is facebook.com forward slash cinemaswirl, which is also where our votes for episodes take place. If you've got anything for the mailbag then send it on over to cinemaswirl at gmail.com that's cinemaswirl at gmail.com please do keep recommending the show to your friends leaving reviews on whatever podcast thing you use it all helps us out thank you so much all right see you next time So I'm going to go have a little wait, and I'll be back in a moment. So enjoy your piss.
1: Enjoy your piss. Enjoy your piss. Enjoy your piss. Enjoy your... Enjoy your piss. Enjoy your piss. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy your piss enjoy 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 your enjoy hi enjoy your peace enjoy enjoy your appears uh, enjoy enjoy and pair enjoy enjoy and, enjoy and enjoy your enjoy your peace
0: Ah, one of the all-time pisses that was.